Hello, and welcome to this summer edition of Los Angeles Chamber Orchestra's podcast, Beyond the Score. On today's episode, we're pleased to bring you a first for our podcast, as we're joined by two of our orchestra members, both from the wind section, principal oboe Claire Brazo and flutist Sandy Hughes. Today's conversation will be led by our podcast regulars, Coleman Richardson and Stephanie Yoon. I'm your host, Serge Liberovsky. Coleman, why don't you take it away? All right. Welcome to a quarantine edition of Beyond the Score, Lego's podcast. I'm Coleman Richardson, and with me is... Stephanie Yoon. And joining us uh, today from the orchestra are... Sandy Hughes. I'm the second flutist and piccolo player. And I'm Claire Brazeau, principal oboe. Do any of you... Well, Claire, you have a very, you know... You're very social media savvy. Do you want to plug your Instagram? <laughs> oh. Yeah. Sure. It's amazing. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's Obo Jones on Instagram. Or you can search my name, but you can definitely find me there. You can <laughs> contact me there. There's a lot of clips. I think I shared some of the, the Ravel. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Ravel concert. Um, yeah. <laughs> thank you for joining us uh, from safe social distance. Yes, thank you so much. How is life in the post-COVID world for you guys? <laughs> well, unfortunately, it's not post-COVID yet. It's sort of like... Oh, that's true, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> uh, well, well, I guess, I mean, I think Claire's will probably be more involved than mine. So I'll go, I'll go first. I definitely a huge change in that day to day. I don't have a lot of time to practice because I've lost my childcare. I am childcare. My husband is still working full time five days a week and I'm taking care of my 20 month old toddler. And sometimes I get, you know, an hour, 30 minutes to play here and there, but it's, it's kind of rare right now and just sort of hanging in, you know, like making sure that uh, everybody is fed, there's food in the house, you know, <laughs> that seems like kind of a, a big job. I've got two big eaters. And um, the only project that I have done since quarantine started was uh, for Derek Spiva's premiere that we're going to do. Is it next weekend? It um, is next weekend, but this will right. probably be released after. I hope everyone will have enjoyed it at that point. <laughs> So yeah, my, my life is, is quite domestic at this point, so. Claire, how about you? Yeah, it's been a strange two months. It was looking to be a super busy spring for all of us musicians and have everything cancel all at once. It was uh, hard to take. It's still not easy. Um, it's completely different. I'm, I'm keeping busy. I'm glad to have some projects going. You know, as soon as things started getting canceled, I I was seeing how even competitions were getting canceled. And so I had this idea, well, you can still have a competition online. So I it started pretty small and it's developed into something much bigger than I anticipated. I've been getting all these famous oboists involved to be on the jury and I've been getting sponsorship from the top oboe brands and other exciting partnership uh, future possibilities. And it's, yeah, it's really taken off online. Got a following on Instagram and Facebook and it's really developing this community around it. And we're trying to kind of offer an educational opportunity for young oboists who might be feeling less than motivated right now. That's that's been my, my big project. This is our last week of the semester for Cal State Long Beach. So I've had my 
my oboe students there, which I felt really bad for because <laughs> to have this kind of interrupt the semester. We've continued doing weekly Zoom lessons, but it's uh, it's challenging. It's it's not it's not ideal. Although we're we're still they're still making great improvements and they're they're hanging in there. They they all got their final recitals or juries recorded, which is a whole different experience for them. So maybe the silver lining is that they get better at recording themselves and being their own teachers, right? Because um, I've had to be more distant. So I hope that's been okay for them. I look forward to seeing them again when I in person and hearing them in person. And then I've had some remote, remote recording work that's a few projects here and there that have kept me busy, which that's been nice. Wow, that's pretty exciting. Um, so both of you have been in LACO for quite a while. Um, I think we joined within about six months of each other, actually. Cool. So talk about that a little bit. Uh, Let's look at happier times, I'm assuming, I hope. (laughs) (laughs) Let's see. Yeah, when did you guys start out in LACO? Um, What was the, you know, audition process like? What? Okay, well, my audition was in February of 2012, uh, and... I, it was all in one day. I feel like now we, we do auditions over the course of two days. So it was a extremely long single day. I think I was at the Alex Theater starting at 8 or 8.30 in the morning. Uh, and then I didn't leave until well after dark, like 9.30 or something, 10 o'clock that night. And I still didn't know if I had the job. Um, so it was a very long day, uh, played the first round. I I remember spending a lot of time at Panera, (laughs) (laughs) uh, between rounds, uh, going to get the same sandwich over and over. It's always the chicken salad for me. Um, but yeah, I, I played my first round early in the morning, um, and found out that I had advanced to finals. Um, and then they decided to hear... Uh, six players again in in a semifinal round, but I didn't play in that round. It, I, I, we didn't have a semifinal round at that point, like our audition process has changed. Um, so then I think it was like late afternoon, early evening, um, we had six finalists, played that round, and then they took it down to two, and then we kind of did chamber music rounds and sight reading and... Uh, yeah, it went on late into the night, but I the moment that I remember the most vividly was when I got to walk on stage and play with Dave Shostak and Jeffrey Kahane, and we sight-read a trio sonata. Um, it was just, you know, I, I walked up, and of course I knew who both of them were, and they're, hi, I'm Dave, hi, I'm Jeff, and I'm going, oh, hi, <laughs> I'm Sandy. You know, like, it was a little bit of a starstruck moment in addition to, like, a stressful time so it was very exciting and I feel like once the chamber music started the music making started it stopped feeling like an audition and it just felt like where I was supposed to be and when Dave and I played together the first time I just the the blend was pretty it was pretty easy to find and we played a a Kulao duet and this is kind of a funny story my undergraduate teacher John Wyan always made me sight read um uh, either Kulau or some Bach or you know it was a different duet every single lesson I would I never knew what was coming he would throw something on the stand I just had to read it with him and he would never stop for me either like if I got lost it's like too bad kid find your place 
and I was really glad that he did that to me. And I remember the Kulau slow movements were always the ones that tripped me up because the notation is such uh, that there are so many lines, bars at the top, you know, they'll, they'll write, it's a very slow piece, but it looks like it's fast. You know, a lot of black notes, a lot of black bars, um, it can be kind of misleading. Um, but he made me read all of those opus after opus over the years, and I don't remember which one, but I do remember that Dave had chosen a slow movement from a Kulau duet, and I was like, oh, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> this is something that I know. Um, don't tell anyone. I knew the sight reading. Um, but we played it, and it was really, really fun. Um, and I just, I, I remember thinking as I was leaving um, that, that it no matter what the result had been, I'd had a really good time and we just made some beautiful music. So, um, I went to Red Robin. This is so <laughs> PG. I ordered a milkshake and I was sitting there for, uh, half an hour, I suppose. And then Rachel Fine called me and told me that I had gotten the job, which was a thrill. So that was my audition experience. And you succeeded... Susan Greenberg, right? That's right, and she's your yes. Your she was my former teacher, food yes. teacher at Pepperdine University. So we I had feel that like connection. she she is still she is still mentoring me and looking after me and checking up I on know, me even yeah. now. And I I love her so much. I know I get the randomest well, text Stephanie, from her. It's amazing. Yeah, you played with Dave too, right? Oh yeah. So um, Dave has a flute orchestra called flute sonic and um i used to play with them every week we would go to dave's house and we would play there's like 15 of us five soprano flutes and then the rest of them are like bass flute alto flute um but it was really fun to be able to play with dave and he's an amazing player how about you claire so i auditioned in the fall of 2013. I was in my final year at Colburn studying with Alan Vogel. And leading up to that, I'd had a few second oboe auditions. And the first one I took, I was playing through the repertoire for him. And he said, you know, Claire, I don't know if you're much of a second oboist. <laughs> and I think, I think that pissed me off enough that I really <laughs> wanted to get really good at it. <laughs> it's probably the best thing he'd said to me. Um, no, among many great things he said to me, but uh, it was a great motivator. And so, yeah, going into this, it was similar to Sandy's experience where it was all day. I was one of the first candidates to go and I was there, I think more than 12 hours. So I think it was four rounds in one day. And each each round, you know, you get so wound up for these things. You know, it's, it's uh, feels like it makes or breaks you. And uh, every every time I advanced, it's just like, oh, really? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> um, okay, Whew. deep breaths, you know. What do we have to do next? Okay. <laughs> Even though you've trained for months, you know. It's, it's a big day. Um, and I was a super finalist with two other fantastic oboists. Um, and in the super final round, we had to play the Ravel Piano Concerto English Horn solo. And 
I had no idea that it was going to be with Jeffrey Kahane <laughs> playing the piano part. Uh, <laughs> wow. Um, and I, yeah, again, similar as to Sandy's situation, I've been so, I was very starstricken by him. Um, I've, I've thought the world of the LA Chamber Orchestra, I still do. And I still think the world of Jeffrey. Um, but by that point, I had not met him. And I, I've only, I'd been to so many concerts. Um, I definitely, I took advantage when, when Alan would say, oh, we're, we're doing our dress rehearsal in Zipper Hall, uh, or we're doing our dress rehearsal over here, or come to our concert here. I would, I would always show up. So I, I was always, I don't know, maybe I was getting, I, I was super influenced by the orchestra. Um, but then to actually be on stage with Jeffrey Kahane playing the Ravel Piano Concerto was a little bit of an out-of-body experience. <laughs> but yeah, it was... Obviously it went well, Claire. <laughs> I, just, I just wanted to throw in there, since you're talking about how you heard the orchestra so many times, my experience was the opposite, that I, uh, I was sort of raised up on the east coast even though I'm from Oregon I did my undergrad in Connecticut and I went to the Manhattan School of Music for grad and um, my introduction to Jeffrey was when he would come and play uh, Mozart piano concertos with the New York Philharmonic and how the um, the members of the orchestra there that I studied with and that I um, were also teachers at my school for other students um, they just worshipped him, and they were always so excited. Oh, it's, you know, Jeffrey Kahane is coming next week or whatever. And I remember the first time I heard him, he did three Mozart piano concertos all in one concert. And I was sitting, you know, way up high, but on the side, and I could see his hands. And I was just um, mesmerized. And when I saw the listing for this, op you know, this opening in his orchestra, I knew that I had to go and take it because he was just such an incredible musician. And I, I didn't want to let that opportunity sneak by without getting out there. So it was a, it was sort of like a, a fun trip out to LA just to see what would happen. And then it completely changed the course of my entire life. <laughs> Poof. <laughs> That's amazing. I know. Um, Can I ask if, like, do you two remember your first Lego concerts, and what was it like? Well, I was super nervous um, and super excited. Do you remember the program? I'm only remembering the con one of the first concerts I was at, and my oboe broke in half. Oh my god. That sounds like a good story. <laughs> yeah, you don't really remember your program if your oboe breaks in half. <laughs> You don't really remember what you're supposed to do, except figure out what to do in that moment. And fortunately, Alan always had a backup Ovo backstage and it broke right in between pieces. So we just shuffled off stage and he said, here you go. And then we went back on stage and played the rest of the concert. Do you do that yourself now? I sure do now. Yes. <laughs> yep. Well, okay. I remember my first rehearsal more vividly than the first concert because um, it's so sad. The uh, Ravel Piano Concerto was on the program and that was the first thing we were going to rehearse. And of course it was supposed to be on the program in March. I was dying to play it again. We have not played it since uh, the season opener in September of 2012. And um, 
I was so excited because of course it starts out as everyone remembers, right? <laughs> With oh, yes. a very big piccolo solo. <laughs> <laughs> and I I was nervous just as Claire said, you know, you're excited, you've won the job, there's all this buildup. And for me, you know, my audition was in February. I didn't actually get to sit in the orchestra until the following September. So I was like, I'd had all these months to think about it. And I knew that that was coming up on the program. So practicing and, you know, being, getting all prepared. And I walk into the first rehearsal and I remember everything, everyone was so friendly. And I don't want to say that New Yorkers are not friendly, but I feel like when you're new, there is a little bit more of a, you know, like a cool exterior, you know, you have to earn the friendly, like New Yorkers are of course very warm, wonderful people, but they are a little bit more guarded, I think. And I uh, I was completely overwhelmed by everyone was hugging, you know, it was the first concert back from the summer. Um, everyone seemed so excited to be there and welcome to the orchestra and everything. So that really, it calmed me down a bit. And then I saw Jeff stand up and he, from the piano, which was like straight in front of me, I was right off the end of it. And he walks around the corner right up to my stand and says, would you, would you come to the piano with me? I'd like to, you know, show you the cue. Because, uh, of course, he was going to give the downbeat and then there I'd be. Uh, first <laughs> rehearsal, first <laughs> first thing out of the gate. So I go up there and I'm like, okay, be cool, be cool. It's totally fine. <laughs> and it was just hilarious. I mean, I'm sure he felt like he was really helping me out. <laughs> okay, so this is what you're going to see. And he gave me the cue. And then his head just went down. And all I kind of saw was this. <laughs> like... And I'm going, I've never played anything without a conductor ever, really, certainly not a professional job. And here I am, okay, I'm going to play this solo. And if I play it too fast or too slow, like I'm going to throw the whole thing off. And I just remember being so nervous and scared. Um, but you know, it, it, you know, there went his head. He was busy playing. I was busy playing. I somehow managed to watch his head bobbing, which became more and more familiar to me over the years. It's it's quite clear, actually, when he is playing, it's almost better than when anyone conducts because you can see the music in his body and the way that he breathes. And I came to really love playing, um, playing while he was at the piano in the orchestra. Uh, but that was that was the first the first thing we did, and um, it was terrifying and exhilarating and pretty all around wonderful. There is actually a recording of a video recording of that performance. Um, I don't remember if they recorded it at the Alex, but when I was poking around the orchestra's uh, YouTube channel, I I happened across it. There's like a three minute excerpt from the last movement that's pretty special. That was my first That's cool. with the orchestra. Well, we've talked a lot about Jeffrey. Uh, why don't we talk about Jaime some? Uh, I mean, obviously, we're still getting to know him. <laughs> uh, I miss the Brahms. But oh my gosh, all I heard for months <laughs> afterward was how wonderful it was. So maybe you can talk about that. <laughs> what was all on that program? Do we know? Uh, it was the Brahms Serenade, wasn't it? Yeah, the, the Brahms Serenade and uh, the Bernstein uh, Serenade, played by Joshua Bell. There's and a, then the next time he played... It was in the, the Brahms, and the, there was a Mozart 
that was in January after that. There was a small concert at the Soraya. I wasn't in that one. I don't think there was a Mozart in the in the first. Yeah, she you played on the Brahms Serenade, and then I I was on the the second program when he came. I I remember we did a we did a new music piece where I had to play bass flute, oh. and I was I was terrified it wasn't going to be loud enough. And of course, he's a flutist, so he yeah. was like, hey, let me yeah. see what your flute is. And you know, he was so friendly on the break and everything, and so encouraging. My first Laco concert was Jeffrey conducting Beethoven 7 in his last year. Mm-hmm. And the season we opened with Jaime conducting Beethoven 7. And it was really fascinating just as an audience member and staff member to hear just drastically different takes on a pretty remarkable symphony anyway. But if you have any, I don't know, that's just sort of when I think of Jaime and Jeffrey, they're both amazing people in completely different ways. Um, if you have any, like, similar thoughts, feelings, <laughs> uh, stories, or whatever. I, I've heard that he plays backstage, or not backstage, but during rehearsals, he'll play around a little bit on the flute and everything. Uh, is that true? Well, I think he and Joachim both played on one flute at yes. one point. I was not there for that, but I saw a video. <laughs> what was it, Ravel and Prokofiev and... And uh, Stravinsky. Stravinsky. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and Mazzoli, right. but I don't think either of you were on that. Right, right. That's just, that was such a great program. And of course, I'm biased because it's so much <laughs> oboe stuff, but just from yeah. a programming standpoint, I just, I thought it was just such an attractive concert. I feel like there's such different musicians and such different human beings that it's almost hard to compare them. Um, other than the fact that they both held the same position. But, I, I mean, one thing that I feel like they share is that they f- were one of us before they became in front of us kind of feeling. And, I mean, the fact that Jeff is such an accomplished chamber musician and that that is such a huge part of what his career has been and, you know, one-on-one or in a small ensemble, you know, collaborative experiences. Um, he treated us like that from the podium. There was definitely a collaborative, like, we are a team feeling, which is not always a given with a conductor. Um, and I definitely, from the first moment I worked with Jaime, felt that same kind of energy Um it's almost like a trust as well as an encouragement that they offer because they know what it's like to be where you are to a certain extent. And really, Jaime knows exactly what it is to be sitting in the flute section. So I I have felt like a special bond with him there because, you know, there have been times when I had like a really high soft piccolo entrance that was stressful or like that bass flute thing that was just, I felt like I was rooting around in the basement trying to get my notes to come out. And he would just look at me like he had every confidence in the world that was all going to come out and just invite me to play. And that was uh, really refreshing. And, you know, I think it's special to get the chance to play for someone who plays your same instrument. I don't think I had ever had that experience prior. Um, I I can't actually off the top of my head think of a a very famous conductor who who is a flutist that maybe I 
I will eat those words later and feel embarrassed <laughs> that I couldn't think of one, but most conductors, I feel like, end up being pianists or violinists or, or a string player of some kind, just, you know, purely based on statistics, that seems more, more frequent. Um, and so it, it's really nice to have a conductor that understands the winds so completely. Um, and he really just, he really just is such, a an outgoing and encouraging personality it, his energy draws everyone in and you you want to get on board with him and go and I feel like that was summed up in that comment was it in the LA Times that he had turned Laco into a Lamborghini there is like this electric energy and it's exciting and I remember feeling the same sort of spontaneous music making with Jeff and often not knowing what to expect in a performance like was he going to do something different uh terrifying but also really exciting at the same time and um I felt that way when Jaime came and that was why I was so excited about the prospect of him being our music director because I feel like that energy that excitement is so much the essence of what Laco is the whole we are an orchestra, yes, but we are a chamber orchestra and we are making chamber music within the larger orchestral format because we're smaller and we can, and that's wonderful and awesome. <laughs> I agree with that 100%, definitely. He's been wonderful to work with, and it's really wonderful the way he seems to, there's just, just so much mutual respect, I feel like. There's trust, you know, with that program that was in November, the, the oboe program it's like oh gosh like he's <laughs> trusting me with this <laughs> and I I really felt that and that I don't know without that I don't know how I would have gotten through that program without the support that he gave me and also as wind players I feel it's it's really wonderful that he is so knowledgeable and such a world-class flutist that he, he brings a lot for us he brings a lot of insight and support and he seems so excited to be here too <laughs> you can really feel it and it makes it makes us all that much more excited to be there too like having you two here uh and it being america's finest chamber orchestra we would be remiss if we didn't at least talk about the brandenburgs for just a second because <laughs> that's like one of the most played laco things and it you know you guys rock stars with it anyway um, do you have any particular uh thoughts feelings strong opinions on the brandenburgs uh I, we performed them a couple years ago i'm sure <laughs> it'll be around before you know it because it always is um yeah any any brandenburg stories or is that yeah <laughs> yeah the the performance two years ago i think that was that's been my only time doing them professionally great way to start <laughs> <laughs> with the LA Chamber Orchestra that's that was quite intimidating to come in and play play it with the rest of the orchestra who's been who's done it together so many times um I I had a lot to learn um and I think Bach is always an educational journey no matter how many times you've played him so I I look forward to the next time <laughs> In my first or second year at the orchestra, I think I was sort of given the opportunity to 
maybe uh, shine in a solo role, like to see how I would handle that as part of my probation. And um, so the principal second violinist, Yasmina Vergara, and myself, we got to play the Brandenburg Five, and it was it was really uh, it was the first time I'd ever played any of the Brandenburg concertos and that was really a special experience. I had never had the chance to be in front of an orchestra as a professional. I had only done that in school and it was definitely a, a very um, humbling and um, really exciting experience. Um, it was just a thrill and when I got to do uh, Brandenburg 4 with Joachim and I think we did that right in the end of 2017, yeah. um, I found out right before the last of the three concerts that I was I was pregnant with my son, <laughs> and I uh, I hadn't told anyone, of course, because it was only just like a day old news. Um, and I remember before maybe maybe no, I found out like midweek because we we had like a a Tuesday or a Thursday concert later in the week. Uh, down in Orange County, but the Sunday night concert at Royce, I remember Teresa walked up to me and she said, Sandy, you just, you're just glowing. You look so happy. <laughs> and I thought, oh my God, it must be showing um, somehow. And I just, that concert in particular was really special because I knew I had someone extra on stage with me, but I, I think um, it was also really special to get to play uh, that concerto with Joachim, and I hope it's not the last time um, he plays on a wooden flute when we do Baroque music, which is a totally different sound, and it was a challenge to uh, to work to get the blend that we get on our modern flutes. Well, I was playing modern flute, and he was playing a wooden modern flute, um, but also just, you know, we had uh, Margaret playing the solo violin part, which was really special because I hadn't gotten to do a concerto with her leading up to that point and um it was it was just a really fun week and as Claire said the rest of the orchestra the string players have done all of these so many times that you feel like you're just supported on this cloud of perfection like you you can do whatever you want and they respond and so the 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 solo line can be really really flexible and um you have the chance to just do and express whatever, whatever you would like. So that that was, that's what I remember about the Brandenburgs. What is it like playing with a chamber orchestra with forty people, compared to a hundred piece orchestra? Our listeners might be curious about that. Playing with forty, yeah, we can all hear each other. We're we're all solo parts it's yeah i absolutely adore it <laughs> yeah like everybody is like a soloist yeah mm-hmm. it's it's mm-hmm. chamber music no, i'm constantly sometimes I, I freelance in other full symphony orchestras and i, I start to play and i go where's my sound <laughs> i can't hear what i'm doing <laughs> this is hard yeah it's not as fun yeah, the biggest difference is the rep too, mm-hmm. right? Like we don't, you know, we don't ever get to do any of those huge orchestral works like the big Mahler and, you know, um, Shostakovich um, and things like that. But I feel like the, the reverse is also true if you're in a, a big full-time orchestra like that. 
you don't get to play the little stuff and when you don't uh, or when you do it has to be a very much reduced orchestra and so it's not in a format that, that the players are 100% used to so we have the advantage of you know we have kind of our wheelhouse like this rep that is especially for chamber orchestra that we know so well and that the orchestra is just so agile and able to be flexible and do that spontaneous music making that it's it's so hard to do in a larger ensemble you really do just have to follow the conductor or you know you'll be you'll be lost if you make a gesture or you know a change um and perhaps the strings don't hear you like maybe Sometimes that's still even a difficulty when we're all spread out on stage, but it's much more likely that they will see or hear a gesture or an expression and be able to respond. Um, I, that's my favorite thing about playing in chamber orchestra because it, it is chamber music all the time. We are a part-time orchestra, so everybody tends to have other gigs. I know uh, some people in the orchestra do soundtracks, TV shows. Uh, some people teach, some people do all of it, some people do none of it. Uh, do you have any interesting little stories like that? Well, Claire, you've, you've done some pretty big movies lately. I'm trying to think of a good story around it. <laughs> I know, you've played on some stuff too, Sandy. Oh, not to mention that she was in the finals for LAFL and has done some subbing <laughs> with the orchestra and, uh, you know, a few other little bands, right? <laughs> the most recent movie was call of the wild that was mm. that was a really fun score and i i went to the theaters and watched that one and i'm i'm definitely a dog person <laughs> so that yeah i there, there were a few tears shed and i heard myself that's cool <laughs> yeah <laughs> well i let's see i uh shortly after i got into the la chamber orchestra I took the second flute audition for New York Phil and was runner-up for the position. And so for the next four or five seasons, I, I got to go and play with the orchestra a lot, um, a couple of tours. And that was, uh, I think, grew my playing a lot uh, during the time. So I was back and forth across the country for the first four years that I was with LACO. Um, and then Patrick, my now husband at the time was my boyfriend and he got a, jo a job at the, at Apple and it was such a great opportunity for his career. And I was getting really tired of, you know, flying back and forth and back and forth and back and forth that, um, we decided to go, uh, to the West coast and see what would happen. And I mean, I only moved to LA because of course Apple is up in the South San Francisco Bay Area. So I lived there for four years and was going boom, 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 up and down the coast of California. Um, so I I had just moved here in January and things were picking up. I had some work with Santa Barbara and there were some, you know, recording sessions I had at Fox for Family Guy. And I, I just felt like life was finally beginning to settle. Um, I have been like a bit of a, a gypsy traveler. I never fully unpacked my suitcase. I know Claire can kind of identify with this. She traveled a lot oh, before yeah. settling down in LA. And um, it's it's definitely hard to try to make the, the piecemeal life, the freelance life work. So, you know, there was a, a window of time where there was a second flute opening in the Chicago Symphony. 
and for one season I was going back and forth to Chicago and LA or, and South, you know, South Bay area. And it was, you know, just a lot of flying and a lot of traveling, but it was also amazing to get to play with, um, a major orchestra and see what, what the differences are that we were, you know, talking about. And, um, also learn so much from some really great players um, in, in all these places. And now that I'm here, I, I hope that once all this is over, my I will get to build up a teaching studio again. I've never had more than a handful of students at one time because I traveled so much. I'm, I'm pretty experienced with the online teaching experience. My <laughs> poor students have been dealing with that with me for, for many years. Um, but yeah, I'm so excited to be in one place and to focus most of my work in LA um, to record, to gig, to teach. Um, but yeah, it's um, it's kind of murky the future. <laughs> so it's hard to what you know. I had thoughts of what I wanted to do next, but now I'm kind of um, you know my other job here in in the LA area is to play with the pageant of the masters in the summer. I don't know if you've heard of this. It's part of the festival of arts in Laguna beach and the show runs every night for two months, uh, inside the arts pavilion where, you know, I would say literally thousands of people mill around all day long, every single day. And then hundreds of them come every night and sit shoulder to shoulder (laughs) in, in the bowl. Uh, I don't think that's happening. The, the statue. Yeah, there's been no formal announcement yet, but I'm pretty sure, yeah, we're not going to have pageant this summer and as, you know, a significant part of my income and a large part of my life that's just sort of been erased. So, um, I don't, I don't know what's going to happen next. We'll just have to see, you know, we all have to stay safe and do what's best for the collective health. Yeah. So power through. You know, asking about how we piece together our careers mm-hmm. and how that all goes. And you know, the first <laughs> five or so years of it are very challenging. And I think and Sandy and I are getting past that five year mark and finally starting to feel a sense of stability. But um a lot of it is it's so it's very exciting. It's a lot of running around, whether you're running around from city to city, flying across the country, or even within LA, you're driving across town day to day, different places every day. There's no way to have a routine. Like life is just a little crazy. I maybe at some point it'll settle, but um it's it's been it's been a thrill but i i guess there's a silver lining to this lockdown in the sense that we can finally get a chance to take it all in you know have a break and look forward to getting back into it refreshed and really yeah i'm looking forward to getting back to the crazy (laughs) (laughs) yeah i have envisioned i've started envisioning as like Part of my yoga practice that makes me calm, as calm as I get these days, um, that moment that we finally get to be on stage again and we finally start to play, I just don't think I would be able to hold it together. I just imagine the emotion, both the joy and the, the sense of loss of how long it will have been by then to be back with my orchestra playing on stage where I literally be long you know it feels like a limb is missing right now and and especially because I've had to focus so much 
on taking care of my kid and not even really getting to practice very much, I just feel like this whole part of me is missing right now and it's very hard to let it be dormant. But I agree with Claire that this time to step away will then bring a great perspective uh, of, of how lucky we are to do what we do when we get to do it. <laughs> yeah, and you should know that the patrons that have been contacting us, they're just, they're just so sweet and they're, you know, like they're donating their tickets and they keep telling Coleman and me that they're so excited for when, you know, we're allowed to go to concerts again. And they tell us Laco is, you know, like a huge part of my life and we look forward to it all the time. And so they're just like waiting until we have our next concert. So that's been really nice to hear. And it's really sweet when I'm talking to people on the phone. Yeah. And <laughs> and a lot of people are bored. So we stay on the phone for 15 minutes talking about <laughs> random <Yeah>. things. <laughs> but they're no, just I, so I, sweet. I found out a lot about yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're really getting to know our patrons. Fantastic. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Yeah, no, that's absolutely true. Everybody who loves Laco loves Laco. It's been really, um, I, I've had in other jobs, I've had canceled productions that were beyond anybody's control. And the reaction was completely different from the Laco audience. Everybody totally gets it. Everybody um, really loves what we do. And, uh, you know, we all just can't wait to be back in. I Watching the live stream, the first live stream, I did not expect an emotional response to it, but I really miss going to the shows. <laughs> and, like, uh, I wasn't ready to realize how much <laughs> I, I, I miss the concert. So we'll get through it, and we'll, we'll, we'll see each other on the other side. Once again, thank you, Claire and Sandy, for joining us on today's episode. And to our listeners, thank you for tuning in. Be sure to hit subscribe. And until next time, this has been Beyond the Score.